So I think around about April 2016, suddenly I'm, I'm seeing on the internet or becoming aware of the friend that I shared this initial idea with stepping up and launching a business, which is exactly the same business as I had shared two years before and claiming to have thought about creating this all on our own. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In Akinunini, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk. But to win big, you've got to reduce it. And I bet you're exposed to investment risk right now. To reduce it, go to myworstinvestmentever.com and download the checklist I've made specifically for you based on the lessons learned from all of my guests. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts, and I'm here with featured guest, David Ward. David, are you ready to rock? Absolutely, Andrew. Thank you very much for asking me to be a part of the show. I really am excited to have you on. But before we get started, I want to introduce you to the audience. Ladies and gentlemen, David Ward. Rise, fall, rise again. Along the way, get divorced, get turned over by a friend on a new business idea, get ripped off in the sale of another, get married again, become a father again, build again. David, tell us about you. Yeah, that's a pretty good description of my life, actually, Andrew. Thank you very much for that, that eloquent intro. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm no spring chicken. I'm 58 years of age now. As often described, you have know, been around the block a few times. But I had some quite big changes in, in my career as well. I was in the fashion industry for more than 25 years. And as a part of that journey, I was, I was being posted more and more overseas, which eventually led to my getting divorced because I was never at home. But, you know, there was some light out of that came out of that. But um, I, I'm going to say I almost accidentally fell into the opportunity of, of developing sustainable home care products and um, having always been let's call it say fairly orientated towards the environment you know as an individual growing up in a in a home with a fairly crazy Irish father who liked to grow all his own vegetables in the garden and turn that light off and stop wasting water and you know that's the the message that I was impounded with as a child growing up so I, I kind of stumbled into the, to the sector to begin with through a completely involuntarily and quite true meeting in a bar very late one Friday evening in, uh, in Tokyo as I'm, I'm going one way into Asia, a guy who's now a friend who's coming back out of Asia and is also looking to do something in this space and we get to talking and I get very animated and I think this could actually be something quite interesting. And that I could use, you know, the years of experience that I built up, you know, developing businesses and growing brands internationally, but in something that was immediately more passioning and passioning to me. And, and my, I guess also from a, from a business, pure business point of view, I could see where the gap, there was a gap. Technology was there to create these kinds of products, but they weren't necessarily readily available. Mm. So, you know, I mean... I'm in Singapore, I'm traveling all over Asia, I'm getting at the back end of a divorce at that point, and I'm discussing this idea with a friend who's based in London, 
And, you know, we're talking about possibilities of doing this business together. I share the very first outline of the business and we progress the conversation over about another six weeks or so. And at the same period of time over in Singapore, where, where we are based, I get introduced to a company who may at that stage be interested in embracing the idea and building something in Singapore. But that went from being a kind of, uh, you know, let's do this as a joint venture to eventually getting pressured into a position of we're a public company. We, we can't do that. You know, we'd like to buy the idea from you. So, you know, whatever I was then, 52, 53, I've come out of a back end of a divorce with basically 20 boxes of stuff. And that's about it. And I'm, you know, I haven't got a lot of money left, really, basically. <laughs> that's the mm. bottom line of it. Mm. You know, that's, that's how it turns out. You know, if you're married for a very long time, as it is in the US or in the UK, you're going to be lucky to come out with your suitcase, uh, with your shirts in it. So it was, okay, well, you know, we can do that. We can work a deal out. And we had a deal where I would have some kind of burnout period. Let's call it that. And at the same time, I had to tell my friend, hey, look, you know, we haven't signed anything. We haven't done anything. But, you know, I'm going to have to take this idea and, and jump on it over here. So, you know, we set about building what was my first sustainable products brand over here in Asia. That was back in the beginning of 2014. And it launched very well. About eight months later, we got the product into the marketplace. And we also then went on to launch it into the US. And during that whole kind of development curve, I'm having conversations with my, my friend back in London. You know, how's it going? What are you learning? You know, which factory have you gone to? How did you come overcome that? And I'm, you know, sharing, obviously, because this person is a friend and we've had mm. this initial involvement in terms of maybe doing this and business together. And she had another business completely, completely away from where, where this was going and, and no, no experience in international business or growth or anything like that. So I had no reason to, um, to not think anything of that. And at the same time, we continued to build the, the business, the new brand over here in, in Singapore, and that was growing very well. And then around 2016, almost, almost at the same time, two things happened. So I think around about April 2016, suddenly I'm, I'm seeing on the internet or becoming aware of the friend that I shared this initial idea with, stepping up and launching a business, which is exactly the same business as I'd shared two years before, and claiming to have thought about creating this all on our own and discovering that you could, you know, there was this huge amount of waste material in China that could be turned into paper, and which is complete and utter rubbish. It's not, not the truth at all. So I was really kind of bummed out you know, mm. by this. And at the same time, having sold the brand that was created, and the brand was called No Trees, to a company here in Singapore, it kind of went on that they wanted to sell it on because of various different reasons. And, and I found a buyer to buy that company for them. And all my earnout plans, this was after about two years, I had a five-year earnout plan. And all my earnout plan just kind of just disappeared, you know, because there was claims of, well, we're not going to make any profit. You know, it's linked to profit. We haven't made any money. And my friend who I was, I kind of studied it for about 48 hours as to how to 
deal with that conversation. Like, you know, why did you not tell me? Mm. So when we finally spoke, it was more about that, really. Like, why didn't you just be honest no. about it? You know, you're, you're in the environmental sector, so I'm not, I'm not going to shoot bullets at you for trying. That's not the mm. right attitude to take. But at the same time, seriously, come on, you know, all of the things you've said in the press are complete rubbish. You know, you didn't think of it. The way you describe it isn't correct. You can't just go around pretending that you've created this business and you're some sort of genius. Mm. And, you know, the reply was, but you never, you know, you didn't think of it up on your own. I said, no, and I never claimed I did. I've never claimed that I was the originator of bamboo toilet paper because that would be complete rubbish. There was guys that came before us. Some of them sadly didn't make it. They were too early. And the person that inspired me is still making their brand and still doing their business. But this, I'm going to say in brackets, friend had created a brand which you know launched into the UK in, in 2016. It's called Cheeky Panda. Now, it used to be called The Cheeky Panda, I think. Mm. And, and, you know, hats off to them. Done a good job. They've done a really good job of doing a lot of heavy lifting and introducing that, that brand, those kinds of products to the consumer base in, in the UK. In fact, they're far, far bigger than we are. Right. But it doesn't... It doesn't remove the sting of having somebody that you trusted basically not only just take your idea, but then, you know, for about a year, 18 months is plugging you for updates and information, which you think is your friend asking you questions, you know, and is concerned for your future. But actually, that's not the case at all. You Mm. know, they're just trying to get a head start, learn a bit more, save a bit of time cut another corner, who knows, basically copy exactly what you're doing. And that's what's happened. Wow. Um, and, I'm, and I'm not even that upset about that because, you know, the world is the world and parallel good ideas can appear. But this isn't that case. This yep, is a yep. case of somebody basically taking exactly something that was shared with them in good faith and in, in honesty of friendship. So how, um, how would you summarize the lessons that you've learned from this? Well, I think the two things to do is, and it's not not to trust your friends, and it's certainly not not to try, but you have to bear in mind that there's two, there's a kind of a, a balance scale. For a lot of the time as, a, as an entrepreneur, you're really going to struggle to get anyone to pay any attention to what you're doing. Really going to struggle. And when it comes to, you know, raising financing and getting investment it's even it's even more so because you know unless you fit in exactly that particular window at that particular time with that particular fund there could be a million reasons why they might love you but still can't invest in you but you know you do have to sort of go in with your eyes open if you're going to share something which is fairly proprietary and you know bamboo tissue paper brands now seem relatively common there must be about 25 of us around the world but when you know when i came up with that original idea there was probably only about four all slightly different and i had some great help from some people along the way from you know world bamboo organization and my friend albert from kaboo in vancouver you know we were all part of a community so no one's going to flag up and, and claim that they were the that theirs is the best and everyone else is terrible or anything like that but you know, there's about an honest, about being honest. And 
more importantly, I think it's also, if somebody's going to do that to you, they're really putting themselves on a very, very fragile pedestal in terms of their own integrity. Mm. And if they are going to go on and build a business, then that integrity at some stage, should that story come out, is going to be questioned. So, you know, if someone's going to do it to you, you've got to try and at least make it reasonably difficult. Now, whether that through an NDA at that stage, which is very difficult to get friends to sign and stuff like that. But if you're able to keep pretty good track and trace of your emails and things like that, and, you know, whether you want to put it in loosely into, you know, Chatham's house rules kind of, mm. you know, framing, I think that's the, the better thing to do rather than do as I did, which is to, basically leave it all to trust at that yep. stage, yep. which proved that not to be mm. the case, you know, mm. not the thing to do. So it brings up a lot of things from my own experience and, and what I learned from it. I think, you know, the first thing is there's a couple of stories that, that this reminds me of. The first one is I did have a friend of mine who started a business. And the first thing he did is he said, I wanted to come over and talk to you about what I'm doing. And so the first thing he did is he came over and he presented me with an NDA. <laughs> and I just thought I never had anybody do that. Yeah. But the truth is, you know, and who knows whether his idea would be good or not or whether anything will happen. But I signed it. Mm. It didn't get me that worked up. So, mm. you know, we may think to ourselves that, you know, we don't want to we don't want to say we don't trust you or something like that. But, you know, you just could say, oh, yeah, I'm just starting this thing. And so so that that's just an example of someone yeah. who did that with me that you could do it. The second thing is that. The other thing that you're, you're talking about is, of course, we're all going to face competition in our business, mm, you know, normal. and, you know, when you look at sustainable business and part of what we're trying to do is help each other to yeah. make something sustainable in the world. So, and I think the thing that I always say is that, because we have some proprietary stuff that we've developed in our finance business that we mm. provide financial models and my business partner and I have talked about it at times he gets very nervous about these and we try to protect them, but I just say our job is to run so fast in our development and improvement of these models that even if someone takes one of them within a year, we're going to be miles away. From yes. It. Yeah. And so I think that that also sparks that. Yeah. Okay. We're going to get screwed sometimes, but you know, yeah. And that, that's I, the, go ahead. I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think I went through a sort of a 24, 48 hour, not meltdown, but really kind of angst and, and upset about this. And then, you know, I came back to the, to the conversation with the with the person in question and just said, look, you know, I'm not, you're trying to do a good thing. That's okay. I'm just disappointed in you for not, not telling me in advance, mm. you know, and not sharing and not telling me that you were thinking of doing this. It's not about you doing it. It's just doing it behind my back. Why would you do that? I thought that we had a, at least a, a better understanding between each other and we could be a little bit more professional than, I have to find out in the press and, and what you're saying to the press is completely untrue. Mm. So you're, you're going you're gonna to harm yourself in the end. But I, I, I also think it's one of, you know, when you start to reflect on these things, that the realization is, is that, hey, competition is going to exist, but that competition isn't you. And they don't have you in their company. And that was kind of when I let go of it. Mm. because I, I kind of, you know, hang on. This is all you could come up with after a year and a half of plugging me for information. And it's not even, it's not even as good as what we had a year ago, which is yep. kind of your story too. Yep. So, and I, and I kind of 
I more or less let go of the the issue that whatever it was that they were going to be doing as a business from his day forward, it was always going to be a me to chasing what everyone else is doing, you know, operation. Mm. Mm. And that was never going to be and isn't what we do. Yep. So that's the, 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 the sort of the magic source that, you know, often gets talked about. You know, we all like to sort of have our own little handle on what we see as our own little piece of magic source. But I think that does exist. You know, true entrepreneurs, those that are able to go out and break something and make something happen from nothing, have something that those that come in behind and go, well, that's a good idea that works over there. I could do that here. Yes, you could, but it's not the same because you've taken what is basically a fully formed, validated model and business and then basically copied it. Mm. Yep. And that's, that sadly is going to happen to an extent. Yep. But you, 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 can't get, you can't get hung up on that. And I think you're quite right. You can't. Yep. You have to keep moving forward. There's two last things that I would say that I, you made me think about. One is the job of an owner of a business, the manager of a business, is to protect the assets of the business. And, you know, sometimes it just, we just do our job and we forget sometimes that the job is ultimately to protect the assets to, of the yes. business. And we just had in one of my businesses in a coffee business that we have, which we have a, a roasting business, but basically one of our guys that we brought up over the years left and he started a competing business and then started using the information he had to start going after our customers. And so our job at that point was to strike back as hard as possible yes. to protect our assets. So that's another aspect of it. And the last thing I would say is that when you get in this situation, you know, one option is to go to the person and say, Hey, why don't you give me a 5% stake in your business? You know? Yeah. You know, I think, you know, you're very astute, Andrew. That was a conversation we had actually way back. Mm. I'm going to say during 2016. Um, so before I created the nurturing company, we had that conversation but to be honest it was a conversation of like they weren't really they were trying to still they were still in denial they're still in denial mm. that they've done anything wrong so that window i opened and said look you know we could deal with this this way and that way whatever you're doing i can put my hand up and, and shout for you but if you're gonna basically take everything that i shared with you which was the idea of this business and basically just rip it off. Mm. But more importantly, then just go off and make some you know, complete cotton wool story about how the idea came about and all that, which is, which just makes everybody who listens to it. If you fact checked anything, you'd find out what was, what was being said was completely wrong. Mm. I said, that's your integrity. So it's how much do you value your integrity? Because if you don't deal with it, if you don't manage this now, eventually the, the story will come out because it will because i'm not going to lie about it if mm. i'm ever asked mm. and i'm and i have described it and shared it a couple of times in different ways with people and because we're both in the same market and you know what do you think about these guys what do you know about that mm. you know, what do you know about cheeky panda well i know them quite well actually because <laughs> everything they've built is built on the foundations of the idea which i shared with the person who claims to have come up with the idea on her own mm. so you know, yep. but that kind of door is, I think, was open and closed now. Yeah. Well, the uh, other thing about taking a stake is that you may not want to be with them. And sometimes taking a stake you know, gets, yeah, gets you I, I think it was, an, it was an unwise move on their part not to at that stage. They could have yep. quite easily 
you know, I was coming out the back of no trees at that stage, more or mm. less. Yeah. I wasn't really clear on what I was going to be doing. I wanted to stay in this sector. So they could have actually, if the sensible thing would have been done, would have been to grabbed me and, and yeah. made me part of their new business in some mm. way or other, but they didn't. Yeah. But anyway, that's, that's, that's life as we say, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Opportunities and, and, and choices come along. It depends on the ones we take. So based upon what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? I would say in some way or measure, if you're going to share with friends, and there's lots of instances where people will give examples of don't start businesses with your friends because your relationship with them can suffer if something goes wrong. And I think that's essential information to bear in mind. So unless they've got added value that you can bring in, you know, that they're going to bring to the table, then the advice probably on outset is not to go into business with your friends. And Mm. beyond that, if you're going to do that, then don't be afraid of setting things out in paper and being clear about, you know, who has proprietary over the idea, particularly at that stage, if you're in an early stage situation, and whether you're protecting yourself through NDA or through other you know, formalized documents that, that give, you know, clarity to whose role is what in at this stage of the business. I think that's the wiser thing to do mm. and advice I would have given my younger self. Got it. All right, last question. The line. Yeah. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? Our, our number one goal is easy. We want to we try and, and see our products launched into at least four more markets, including US and uh, UK. UK, we will be launching Bamboo Loo and White Plus sometime in the, around March. So we are coming to the ground that my friend's company, my friend, where they're based. So, you know, this, this story, I'm sure, will, will only uh, be echoed a few more times over these next, next year or so. And... I guess as a business, our objective really is to try to see as much plastic not used as we can, which means entering new markets, extending our, you know, our reach of business and to as many people as possible so that they have the choice of alt- sustainable, lower impacting alternatives. That's, that's our, our goal. Got we it. don't really look at it in pounds, shillings and pence, as I would say. You know, a lot of people go, oh, sorry, oh, I go, I'll just do $5 million. Blah, blah, blah. That, mm, that's not really how we're wired. Our business is growing very well, but we don't measure ourselves purely just on the, the amount of money mm. that we're turning over or the, or the margin that we're making. It's, it's really about how many lives are we able to touch and help people uh, on their own personal journey towards, you know, wanting to see a better future for us all. Beautiful. All right. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. As we conclude, David, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And on behalf of ASTOTS Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Well, it's, it's a great honor to be given the opportunity to share a, a part of our story with everybody. So thank you very much for that. Um, it's inspiring listening. I, I listened to about, I think about four or five other podcasts that you did. Mm. Um, and I felt like mine wasn't really measuring up, to be honest, <laughs> after listening to some of them, you know, it's very inspiring. And it, you know, it shows that you can't keep a good person down really. 
they'll fall to their knees, but they will get back up again. And, and, you know, there's a lot of discussion recently about what makes it, what makes an entrepreneur and people, whether people call it resilience or grit, but yeah, you've really got to get a, got, you know, you're going to get hit, you know, you're going to fall, but you also know you're going to stand up again. So true. And I think that's the spirit of the podcast is to, you know, listen to stories, take yeah. away from them so that when we all face those painful challenges, we can get back up. Yeah. So I love your parting words. Well, it's very kind of you, Andrew. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. And that, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our well. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.